Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Taylor Campbell. I'm a birth and bereavement doula, as well as an adoption and surrogacy doula. Doula means woman who serves. And although I love happy births, adoptions, and surrogacy, the pro bono part of my business is in bereavement. I'm here to help you. I'm also mom of 18, yes, 18 children, with over 30 years experience in the trenches as a mom myself. We have a huge blended family, and I've also experienced the loss of our adult son. Remember, give a shout out to those brave enough to share their stories on how they have become parents. Let's dive in. Welcome to Becoming Parents. Today I have on Lois Hollis and we have a wealth of information that we're going to talk about today and a really incredible story. Lois, how are you? I am wonderful speaking to you, mom of 18. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yep, 18. That's the crazy part. Um, Where are you calling in from today? Today from United States, North Carolina. That's why I the mountains of Waynesville. I love it. You have a New England accent. Am I hearing that right? I was born and raised in Baltimore, but I lived most of my life in Philadelphia. Yeah, and yeah. You yeah. were very good because not many people pick that up. I guess I, I lived in Philadelphia quite a long time. That's where I uh, created the first chemo, kidney hemodialysis unit. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's talk about, yeah, I'm hearing uh, an accent from New England. That's where you're, that's where you're getting that one. (laughs) Awesome. So I, I'm not sure how to best jump into this, but you made a comment to me about how you have 79 years of wealth of knowledge that you want to pass on. And, um, I, I kind of want to jump into your story because you've done some incredible things. You just said one of the things that you did that was really incredible. Do you want to tell us your background, like educationally and about the dialysis and stuff like that first? Okay, I'll hop on it. <laughs> I, looking, having to do bios, I looked at my life. You know, I just did my life. I didn't think of a plan or things of that nature. I just gave what was coming to me and I'm a trailblazer I just do things differently because there's a need when I see a need I I have this mind that has to fix it I won't stop until it fixes it so I don't know if it's a curse or a blessing but if I see a problem within myself or something else I have to learn how to fix it and because no one else is doing it so I'm going to volunteer so that's my mo and that's just who I am. I didn't have any memories of my childhood until somewhere in my 50s when I was dying. Wow. But okay. um, to, to start Let, remembering. Let's clarify that. <laughs> let's clarify that one. Yeah. I was, um, I had migraine headaches, uh, leaky heart valve, mitral valve, brain traumas, uh, scoliosis where I couldn't breathe and kidney and liver dysfunction because of all the medication I had to take for my 30 years of migraines. And the doctors were right. As a nurse, I knew that my lifespan was very limited to maybe a year or two. Mm. Now, through my whole life, I've been a health practitioner. I started out as a nurse's aide around 12. I know that sounds unreasonable, but I had to get out there and be in the hospital helping patients. And then I went on to be a registered nurse. And then I excelled in the nursing field because I always find new things to do. And um, I was 
us to help at the dialysis unit, and they were starting a new one in the United States at Philadelphia in the Thomas Jefferson Hospital in 1966. And okay. that was so exciting to me because I could be a nurse and I could be with patients, but still I had administrative position because I was in charge of it all. And I was a teacher and I found something new that could help people. Wow. So that's fulfilled all the criteria I had because when I was a nurse, I kept one of selling. So therefore you get a higher position, but what do you do? You see less patients. Right. And I wanted to be with patients because that's where the heart is, is being actually doing the work. How can you teach somebody if you're not doing the work? Right. So I was so happy to be blessed with this new position. And I was in the kidney dialysis field for about 10 years because I had to develop the pro uh, protocols and teach patients. I taught hemodialysis. So I was a... Uh, um, a nurse at the hospital, a nurse at the home. I was lecturing. I was way outside. I guess you would call me a nurse entrepreneur, but in 1966, you were just a nurse. Right. <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't any categories for what I was doing. And um, I rode that until I became, you know, very, very tired. And eventually I got married and wanted to have children. And as I share, shared before, um, I had many problems uh, physically. I was ovulating like once a year and things of that sort. So I had infertility. And then when I finally did conceive, I lost three uh, three babies. Um, one was seven months. So that was pretty hard because now today the baby would have lived. So eventually I found a wonderful healing chiropractor on the west coast and someone said he helps people that nobody else can help and i'm going that's for me <laughs> i'll go to him so eventually uh he was able to realign my broken bones and that's when i realized i was so abused my neck was broken my jaws were broken um uh, i can share with you i remember dying and coming back somewhere along the line so it was very severe abuse but there was this incredible spirit that kept on moving. So you didn't remember the abuse in the childhood when you had the x-rays and you were with this chiropractor. He was like, this is everything that's happened to you physically. And this is why you're feeling the way you're feeling. This is and why, why you had migraines for 30 well, years because you have seven brain problems. Right, right. Because he <laughs> could then see it. Um, and did that put a lot of pieces of your childhood back together that triggered you to start to remember some things? Yes, I remembered some things. And I'm, you know, everything was like, oh, my goodness, because when he would adjust my neck, I'd see. I have a, a, a way of see inner sight. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain, but I can see things. So I could see, oh, that's what happened. Oh, that's why I can't breathe, because my my chest was crushed. <laughs> My head hurts because there was a lead pipe that went into it. Uh, so, it, you know, that was, I didn't do hypnosis or anything like that. I just remembered. And I feel like that was much more natural to remember when you can um, handle it. Oh, you know? yeah, I think so, too. I think sometimes we try to force our memories. Like, we know we, we can't remember. And, and I, that's okay. 
It's right. okay. You, right. Everyone has an alarm clock. Right, right. And it goes off when it goes off. So you have all these issues and you're in the medical field. And I always feel like the good news is, you know, a lot. And the bad news is, you know, a lot because you knew how your health was declining. You, you could see how your health was declining and what the issues were and what your lifespan would be like, you knew all of that. Yeah. And the medical world has said, take more pills. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, I was, I have three MDs in the family and, um, you know, I was a nurse forever. So what would I know? So, right, right, right. So someone suggested a chiropractor. I said, what is that? You know? Right. So anyway, I had to go holistic to save my life. I, and it, it did, you know? Right. So um, anyway, um, once my body start becoming normal, almost, <laughs> it took a long time. By the way, my chiropractor and I eventually married. So, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, wait, we're going to definitely go back to that one. Okay. That was a good one. So, okay. and I found that I had the gift of sight where I could see where bones were misplaced and I could help heal. So we helped heal each other. That's another long story. That's okay. a good podcast story. This was in your fifties though, that you found him. Is that what you said? Yes. So yes. this was, okay. So this was like 30 years ago, 20 right. years ago. Okay. Yeah. And that saved your life. Well, yes, but yeah. The point is, I had all this emotional trauma. Now I know why I was depressed. I was suicidal. I didn't want to get out of bed. And that's like so different from my life because, you know, me, you know, going around the country and talk about dialysis, had no fear of, of talking and dancing. I tap danced all the time. And, mm -hmm. you know, so for me to lie in bed and, and say I'm just dead and I want to commit suicide is just so beyond right and then someone said to me what do you do about shame and i went this is 20 years ago and i said hmm what an odd word really 1999 what an odd word so my mind you know the detective mind that won't stop i went to the library no computers then yeah. so i went into um, the library and the only thing i could find was bradshaw's book Shame is a sickness of the soul. And then my mind start going, going. Eventually, I came to learn from my own experience that shame and guilt, but I call it shame guilt now, is an energy that impacts us through the words of people. And it turns all of our body functions to a negative state. Yeah, absolutely. So I just like love turns us into a positive state shame guilt energy turns us into a negative state mm -hmm. and then I found out that I talked to the inner parts of myself the inner family you know, they call it the inner child mm -hmm. but it's really an inner family and their inner critic so I made uh, friends with all of my emotions and then the shame guilt energy was leaving I just was able to release it and I, I healed emotionally. And like I said to you before, people came to me and said, Lois, what are you doing? You know, you're walking straight. You, you, you know, your hair got less gray and you, you, you got youth, you got younger, not older. So that's when people wanted to do what I was doing. And I taught them to teach themselves 
their inner self, talk with their inner self and release the shame guilt. But nobody saw what I saw. So I had to go to film school to make a movie of how my process works. That's awesome. So at 64, I started with all these teenagers in film school. That was, and that's another story, but yes. anyway. But how fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've interviewed predominantly entrepreneurs for almost six years and it's a hundred percent within the first couple of months, I realized a hundred percent of entrepreneurs birth their business from their struggle and their goal is to make it faster, easier, and more supported than it was for them. Whatever system or process worked for you, you want to make, make that available. So it's faster, easier, and more supported for someone else. And I love that entrepreneurial spirit that at 64, you would go to film school. I want to go back because the, it's crazy that you went through all of these other things before your healing at 50, I mean, I'm 52 and that's not old. So, but in relation to you got married when you were a nurse, you had three miscarriages. One of them was at seven months gestation. Um, then you had three girls. So we're talking about six pregnancies, infertility, ovulating once a month, you've already said. So I no, once, a once, once a year, once a year, once a year. Sorry. Yep. Thank you. Um, yeah, it would be normal if it was once a month. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't normal. <laughs> so let's go back and take me through. You said you got married um in nursing school. Take me through the the fertility. I'm I don't know what infertility. Did you go through infertility? Did you just No, no, no. Right. We're talking about, you know, 1970. Yeah. Right. That was just like um, you know. It, it just was what I mean is so such a cry from what it is now yeah you know what I did was uh, while I was married I my husband uh not the husband I have now the husband that I um had my children with was in the navy okay and um he worked as a physician in the navy and since I was trying to get pregnant and you know wasn't birthing children I was you know had to do something so I started the uh, kidney unit at the naval hospital in in um Norfolk Virginia okay so you know what are you going to do so I kept on working right while you were trying to get pregnant because pregnant yeah right and I wasn't I didn't create hemodialysis because I already did that, I just was very good at my work because that was my work. So I, you know, start teaching and doing, and then eventually I did get pregnant and I lost three babies. And um, my uh, physician at that point said, you just have to rest. You, you really can't, you know, be doing all this stuff that you're doing. After you had the miscarriages, your physician yeah. told you that? Yeah. Because you are talking, we're talking about like now they don't always have very many answers. I went through infertility 31 years ago and my daughter that's 30 when like her experience was exactly the same. And you'd think 30 years later, they would have had some enough changes to make a difference, but really there haven't been many changes in fertility or infertility in 30 years that I've seen. So, I mean, they may have a higher success rate at IVF or something like that, but the process is still the same. And that's, yeah. that's a, that's not positive. Yeah. <laughs> well, been, the, the only we thing that before. what happened is that my, um, they said my progesterone was low. 
So okay. they gave me progesterone and I did carry that baby forward, but I had incompetent cervix and okay. the baby just, you know, fell out, so to speak. Right. And that was devastating because after all of that, then to lose the baby, because I think, so I seem to have, I had infertility, I couldn't do this, I had infertility. Then I'm have RH negative. So it's like, oh. you are not the one to get pregnant. Right. <laughs> You're too complicated. <laughs> but anyway, God gave right. me three beautiful children. So, um, so after know. those three miscarriages, how did, were you able, cause you had the three miscarriages before the girls, right? Oh yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. How were you able to main, you got pregnant, which that was the first shock, but then how are you able to maintain those three next three pregnancies? Um, the main thing was just to get past the three months. And then after four or five months, um, I I had to be on like sort of bed rest and not, you know, do my normal climbing trees and chopping things. And, you know, I'm a very active person. So I, I, you know, had to, but still I had headaches. Yeah. Because I didn't meet the physician till much later, you know, yeah. in, in 1999, you know, so. so. The three girls were born. The pregnancies were, I mean, I imagine it would, after le losing a baby at seven months, being pregnant and worrying about it would be terrifying. Yes. And I didn't know anything about shame guilt then. Right. Which is awesome. Because then you're just perpetuating that cycle within yourself. Yeah. So then you're parenting. What happened? Um, how close together were the girls? And then what happened with your work? Well, I wasn't... I you know, working like I right. am now and I'm not, you know, doing the dialysis because the doctor said, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and financially it was okay. You know, my husband was, you know, we were very well. Okay. Not rich, rich, but we, I could stay at home and yep. whatever you do, stay at home. <laughs> I don't know that one too well. <laughs> so, uh, eventually I, um, did, conceive and I carried the baby to term but it had to be c-section because my they did a cervix or they tied yeah, the surclage so, mm -hmm. so my babies were and that baby I was born baby and um that was angel and my daughter and then two years later okay I got pregnant with my second child and then I got pregnant like two or three months after birth so wow I had three babies in four years. Yep. So be careful what you pray for. <laughs> That's awesome. So I was like the total mom, whatever the total mom is. And because I was weakened because of all the brain traumas and so forth. And so, but I was active. That's what's amazing. So for the doctor to say you have all these brain traumas and you had a broken jaw and a broken neck and your, your, your chest was broken in was like, you're kidding me. And I right. still, I mean, I, I took my kids skiing and when they were three and four years old, all three of them, you know, I had, how did I do all that? I mean, you were protected. You protected yourself emotionally by not remembering. And so I think that's interesting what the, what you can do when you don't know, you shouldn't be able to do it. Exactly. Exactly. That oh, I love that sentence. So no one told me I couldn't do it. And right. um, I tap danced um, 
from about five or six years old because I just told my parents I had to dance, I had to dance. And I think that helped the um, severe dyslexia that I had because I was bringing the right and left brains together. Yeah. And being active, it doesn't make your bones solidify and get locked in. I was too active for that. Which is, I mean, what a blessing in disguise. Um, so you raised, you're raising the girls, you stayed home. At what point did you decide to go back to work and how did you stop getting pregnant? Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you don't have, I mean, isn't it an interesting thing? Like yeah. you don't know how your body will be able to get pregnant and then you. I was still pregnant. married and having, you know, relations and right, but I right. didn't conceive. I. It, the, it's just amazing. The body's just kind of amazing. The, the body is very, we, we and our spirit are so brilliant. Yeah. We are so brilliant. We are so well guided, our intuition. Hmm. And I, I always felt like that too, because I, you know, I, I've always felt spirit, God. They said, who's your best friend? I said, God. I said, they said, why? I said, because I talk to him, talks to me all the yeah. time. Like, doesn't right. you do that? Don't you know, you do that? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I didn't go around professing it. It's right. just that I was always complete within myself. Right. And, and that kind of situation. So I think that um, that's how I kept on moving. But uh, somewhere around, um, I don't know, the, the kids... You raising children, they become very mature and on their own. And and you, I always had parties at the house. The kids, right. you know, I was a safe house to come after the prom because everybody was drunk, and I would take their keys. And you know, I would yeah. always have pizzas in the morning and pancakes. And I, I was the go-to house, so I had fun with the kids. And but my health was declining. I could feel, mm -hmm. you know, um. And uh, that's when they were like um, in beginning college. Okay. So that you had raised them by the time. Okay. Then I start really declining and I'd lay on the bed and go, what's wrong? I said, I got a headache. And they, you know, they would, you know, they were self-sufficient. I was divorced at that time. Okay. So, um, but I was supported by my ex-husband financially. So I could crumble. You know, and, and it'd be okay if you know what I'm saying. So yep. um, somehow it worked out and I can't tell you how, but I was feeling sicker and sicker. And that's when they said, you know, you really, I didn't go to the doctors much because all they could do was give pills. And yeah. um, I didn't want any more pills because I had enough pills. <laughs> so um, my daughter developed scoliosis Well, she always had it. But my mother had severe scoliosis and I had severe. So they wanted to, um, I took her to the doctors and they said, we'll have to do a, a rod insertion, put a rod in her back and she'll be in a cast for three months. And as a nurse, I knew that's the treatment of choice, but the kids never healed. They were always in a wheelchair years later. And I went, no, we're not doing that to her. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. But we're not doing that. And if anything I can give to today is that children that had scoliosis can be healed so quickly by a chiropractic adjustment. Okay, all chiropractors aren't the same. Correct. But um, my daughter was saved by two or three adjustments despite moving things. And 
So that led me to chiropractic. Mm. So my daughter saved my life. Aww. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. My daughter saved my life because of the love I had for her to heal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she wore steto heels all the time. And <laughs> I mean, she, she was, you know, so she, that introduced me to another way of healing. Which is interesting. I think, uh, especially because you mentioned God. So in Christianity, we're really hesitant to, uh, like broach things that we don't understand or that don't make sense. And I don't, I don't think it's chiropractors are like that anymore, but I know that definitely they used to be like, you're going out on some crazy weird limb to, and chiropractors yeah. have come along. And they're all way. not the same. Right. They, that is they're all not, You have to have the gift of healing to really do well, but that's another long story. You know, um, I only have one person that is allowed to touch me because they said I'm just aligned differently and they yeah. really have to have the certain gift. Anyway, that's another long story, but I don't want to mislead people. Right. You know, you have to find the good doctor or the good chiropractor. Each person has their own, but my daughter saved my life. Oh, Isn't that wonderful? It is. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. It is. So you parented your kids and then you hit your fifties when you got really sick and your daughter was like, do this. And you did. And it was, it healed you. You married the chiropractor. So you can tell us a little bit about that. Cause. <laughs> well, um, why well, I, I moved to the kids were in college and I was home in the kitchen, rocking chair saying, I'm going to die. And Aww. I, one of my friends asked me to visit her in Sedona. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I went, I need a vacation anyway. So I went to see her and she says, darling, you look terrible. I says, I feel terrible. She's a New York lady. So she said, I moved here because of the doctor. I came here to visit and I live in New York, but I had bleeding from my nose and I went to all the hospitals and the specialists and nobody could help me. But this doctor did something to my skull and I realigned my face and I'm perfect. I will never leave this place. So I picked up the phone and called my daughters. My friend did. And she said, I will stay here in Sedona next to this wonderful doctor. And when you come visit me, bring my car and sell the house. That oh, wow. Wow. Okay. And guess what? I did the same when I found this doctor because he was the only one that could help me. And wow. he said, you are so ill. You need to be close to me. Okay. And when he adjusted my heart, and all, I could breathe. I went, oh my goodness, what else can you do? Right. You know, no x-rays, no nothing. He just has the gift. So um, eventually I sold my house and moved there and the kids would visit me in Sedona and I had a chance to live. So that's what I'm saying. I can move and this doctor can help me yeah. hopefully, or I can come here with a hundred percent. I'm going to die. Yeah. Right. What are you Which, going to do? Right. And everybody said, I'm crazy. You're going to move 3000 miles away for a doctor. I go, yep. 
<laughs> I mean, I think when you found when you feel like you're that close to dying and you had all this medical knowledge and you don't want to, of course, you want to try everything you can. If you have the ability to do that and make a difference, you know, why, why wouldn't you want to do well, that? It just seemed like dying wasn't in my, um, my future. You know, right. I, I, I was, I, it wasn't that I was sick or dying. Is this that I haven't found the right way? Right. There, Cause I, there's a million ways and I didn't, I didn't find the right person yet, right? but I found my friend who had the right person. So I found that, that you always get a solution before the problem. It right. isn't the problem. Then you find a solution. You have the solution. Like the solution was my friend who knew somebody. I did not know the person, but she did. Right. Isn't that now that's another thing that's very fascinating. Yeah. You always have the solution. You do. It's just figuring it out. And your girls were really supportive of this. And then you oh, married. They're the in college. They're a junior and senior in college. Do you really think they care? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, they can, they can be living their own life and still think you're crazy and be worried about you, but they were supportive in that. Oh, they, they were fine. And they were in yeah. college doing well. I mean, had parties and, and what I did was I lived in Sedona in the winter. Okay. And in the summer, I came back to the East Coast and rented a house for the kids to come back for summer and have parties and, you know, whatever they do and whatever, whatever. whatever. <laughs> and then I'd go back to Sedona. Okay. Um, and then you married him. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then he's available all the time. <laughs> well, I help him. Because yeah. he had illnesses, and I taught him how to vegetable juice, and he was ex-military person, so he had a lot of healing to do, and I did my work on him, and so we both help each other heal. I wanna, I wanna finish and wrap up on this experience from when you were healed and marrying your chiropractor, which I just think is fun, and <laughs> and to now. So we're talking; it's about twenty years, right? You went back to school, film school, so that you could film your process. I'm we have that in the link, I'm sure, in the link so people can yeah. watch that. And um in the last 15 years, how has that changed? What have you done? Where's your focus been? Well, my focus is teaching people of exposing shame guilt because that's the cause of everything. Everything. It, worldwide humanity they use it all the time look at the pandemic how they shamed us and guilt us to, to do this to do that you know yep. oh my goodness gracious that's another long story it is um but I agree. we could talk forever uh, um then i start teaching while i was in sedona about this shame guilt and everything and people said oh you're such a great speaker and i want you to talk and then i said well, they said what's your topic i said shame guilt they says oh we don't mention that can you be a happiness coach or a joyful coach or a success coach? I go, no, because you can never achieve that until you get rid of the shame guilt you're carrying. And everybody's, oh, we don't do that. Well, the pandemic hit and people got to set with their feelings. Yeah, and they said, oh, I, I do have some negative feelings. Oh, is that what you're talking about? That's weird. Anyway, so now 
in the last two years, I've been on like 150, 175 podcasts from wow. 15, 16 countries talking about how to get rid of shame guilt. So that's so exciting. So that's my new career or is my career. I I love that. I love how passionate you are about it and how you're willing to just kind of roll with what's happening now and your knowledge and how it just continues to move forward in different and exciting ways. Um, and I'm so glad that you say true to yourself, like, no, I'm not going to be a happiness coach. I'm going to be a coach that helps you get past this, which actually is a happiness coach. Cause once you can let go of- Which is a happiness coach, I know. But people always want to, you know, do you know, for one thing, I want to say shame, guilt, energy. There is the lowest vibration a human can have and still be alive. Mm. Okay, there's David Hawkins. He lives in the heavens now. He did the map of consciousness. He gave each emotion a, near, a mathematical value. Mm -hmm. Enlightenment, which is the highest, is 700,000 to the 30th power, mm -hmm. five zeros plus 30, okay? That's pretty high. There is a number. My brother-in-law said there is such a number. I forgot. Anyway, that's the highest. Then we have love and joy and happiness. And we're, we're, we're you know, friendly, we're giving. And then at 200, 200, it changes to negative. Negative emotions have less energy. You know, if you're depressed, you're not going to be jumping around like when you have happiness or joy. Right. Or love. Valentine's Day, we're all love and dancing. Oh, that's right. If we're depressed, right. we're like, I can't get out of bed because yeah. the energy you're carrying is lower. Mm-hmm. And then we have anger and regret and remorse. And the last one is shame, guilt. It comes at a 10. And guess what's after that? Death, probably. Right. Yeah. That's why suicide is always preceded by guilt. I'm not good enough to live. And that's where most people live. Which is in crazy. the shame guilt energy. And that's the lowest form that we could have. How incredible are we? And we're still functioning. Right. Seriously. And we throw shame guilt around like it's candy. I even have a, a book. Where's my book? It's the. You'll enjoy this. How to become a Jewish mother. <laughs> that's so new england <laughs> i've heard no, of this, this is, book. you heard of this book yeah it just reminds me of new england how to become a jewish mother <laughs> how how to make guilt work underlining the techniques because you must use guilt to be in control and it tells you how to do it when they're eating and when they're talking so it isn't unusual that we have guilt we're taught it i mean we're actually taught it yeah yeah so that's my my whole thing is like we're deluged with it but it's the lowest form of energy you can have so i help people saying regret is better than guilt 
You can regret what you did. They'll give you a solution, but guilt has no solution. Hmm. So that's my two cents for the 2023. <laughs> you can regret what you did. That's okay. You can be depressed, but don't be in guilt. Right. Yeah. Guilt. And I think shame is one of the biggest words I have run across with women in pregnancy and miscarriage and oh, it's and huge. just in, it's right. huge Sh shame's it's a huge. big thing and then if it's you like, lose a pregnancy my goodness yep. i mean i had to go back to those experiences and find the shame guilt and shame and guilt are together yep shame makes more guilt guilt makes more shame shame makes, right. so there's there's different feelings but it's the same energy yeah so people can't say oh, i got rid of the guilt but I don't want it to shake. It makes your brain split. Right. You have to bring them together. Anyway, that's what I wanted to um, get in that we don't need it. And it's so totally linked with child raising and parenting because the children use it against you too. Yeah. That's another thing. It's, it's bouncing back all the time, but there is a way out. Ah. That's knowledge knowledge and that's right. what i'm about is teaching the knowledge that it is an energy we can kick it out yeah but you have to know your enemy wow you know what that is a great place to end lois i appreciate you so much sharing your story is incredible and i appreciate it so much thank you thank you